rap, bro. Welcome back to Cautiously Optimistic. This is episode 25, and I'm Nick Osteler, speaking for my co-hosts, Sully Angles and Jesse Brummel. As promised, we've got a special guest in store for you today, Chicago White Sox pitcher Dylan Covey. Dylan went to high school with Jesse here in Los Angeles, and we caught up with him at Dodger Stadium when his White Sox stopped by for a quick two-game series earlier this week. We hope you enjoy our conversation, in which Dylan discusses a variety of topics, including his long road to the majors, dealing with an unexpected diabetes diagnosis, having reigning NL MVP Chris Bryant as a roommate in college, life as a pro ball player, his favorite memory of Jesse from high school, and of course, his fast food flavor. Let's get right into it. First of all, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Happy belated <laughs> yeah, birthday. Yeah. Was it was it the day of your birthday that you got the call that you were coming back or? Yeah, so I was, we were playing in, I was on assignment in AAA. We were playing in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. Uh, through my outing, and they're like, "Hey, you're gonna make another appearance in Charlotte." So I hopped on a plane, flew to Charlotte, um, and then on my birthday they called me, and they were like, "Hey, we traded uh, someone. You, uh-huh. You're gonna go up." So my birthday was traveling from the East Coast to the West Coast. <laughs> that was hey. my whole day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not bad to come back home right. uh, to LA as a Absolutely. nice little birthday gift yep as uh, a nice being back I mean weather looks good yeah. as always awesome being back first time playing in Dodger Stadium yeah so, you, you know I can't in high school no never played here uh obviously came to like a million games as a kid yeah. but um it's definitely cool being on the other side of it you know and um, then growing up you were a Dodger fan correct right yeah yep. so so what's it gonna be like I mean you were here yesterday and then you know but what's it like just kind of being here and playing against your childhood favorite team uh being, you know, in professional baseball since 2013 or whatever, you kind of lose your allegiance a little bit, you yeah. know? Yeah, sure. Um, I was drafted by the A's, and my first couple of years with the A's, I was still kind of, you know, pulling for the Dodgers, and then <laughs> kind of just, like, kind of just faded out, you know? And then, obviously, I got this amazing opportunity with the White Sox, and, I mean, that's, like, they gave me this opportunity, and that's where I am 100%. Like 100%, yeah. Yeah, 100% with this team. So. And then being back home now, I mean, obviously it was very abrupt. You know, obviously I, I, people maybe not ready for you to be here for in time because you were in AAA and you are doing all that. Right. Um, has anybody hit you up? I know we were talking about Danny uh, yeah. was here, but, like, anybody that you had to hit up and tell him no no tickets or anything like that? Or uh, Well, the, the ticket situation is weird because I actually have to pay for them. So oh. I have to. That's cold. I have to. Well, I don't pay for the full ticket. I pay, like, I get taxed on the ticket. Uh, got it. So it's considered, like, taxable income. So um, my close buddies, you know, I, I hook them up. Yeah. But if uh, other people ask for tickets... You know, if it it depends on the stadium too, like Dodger Stadium, they're expensive tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're playing somewhere like, you know, in Chicago, the tickets aren't as expensive. Yeah. Um, so I can, you know, I'm willing to give some more tickets yeah. away. Yeah. But you know, we were playing in Yankee Stadium, and we I had someone ask me <laughs> like, "Hey, can you?" I don't really even know who they were. They were oh. just like a acquaintance kind of, and they're like, "Hey, can you give me tickets?" So I was like, oh. Those are like $120 tickets. Yeah. I, don't know I, can, I don't know. I don't know if I can foot the bill, but well, yeah, I, was but yeah, I have. Uh, I think I got 15 people coming today. So, oh, excellent. Uh, maybe more actually, 15 to 20. So, um, 
it'll be fun. I don't know if I'll be able to see him because we uh, hit the road right after the game. But Got it. Um, hopefully I get in today. And, you know, obviously, hopefully uh, Carlos shoves but, yeah. and uh, they don't need to use me. But um, it'd be cool to be able to pitch here. Yeah, and, and going back to, you know, just growing up here and obviously going to high school with Jesse, which is how this all just sort of kind of mm-hmm. came to be. Uh, what we want to know is, is if you had any, what your fondest memory or the funniest memory you had of Jesse was in high school. Certainly <laughs> did some interesting things. Oh, having my been, gosh. Yeah, having been his friend since okay. uh, we were in seventh grade, there's okay. quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, I remember always, you know, going to the, the dances or whatever at, at, uh, <laughs> in high school, and yeah. uh, Jesse had this... Uh, Alter ego, I guess, called DJ Swine. I think, yep, think it the was the Divine Swine. Still, yeah. still going. Still, yeah. still going. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, he was always right in the middle of the dance floor, just uh, dripping in sweat, and yep. just you know, uh, was always the, the life of the dance floor. So nice. that was definitely something that sticks out in my head. Do you happen to remember the day that he wore his underpants over his tights for Hero Day? That was a fond memory we've always had. I've seen many so yes. I don't know if you knew about this. So it was, it was. Yeah, superhero day. It was homecoming week or whatever it was, Spirit Week, and uh, I, I did Captain Underpants as okay. one does, yeah. and I had skin tight, colored tights. Okay. And like, and then I wore just regular tidy whities over. And yeah. Northrop, my favorite person in the world, <laughs> uh, told me I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And then I said okay, and I kept him out, and then he wrote me up. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, Good I, old Northrop. Yeah, I got written up for some questionable stuff too in high school. But, uh, <laughs> Any examples there that you want to give? Um, well, my buddy uh, Christian Flores. Yep. Yep. Um, we were just messing around during lunch one time, and he hucked a orange at me, and it squared me up. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, you want to play this game?" So I picked it up and I hurled it across the courtyard yep. and smoked him in the leg. And uh, I don't think it was Northrop that saw it, but someone saw it, and I got written up. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the velocity on that throw, 92, no, I, 95. That was, that was basically what they told me. They are like, hey, you can't be throwing stuff at people. You uh, you throw way too hard. So yeah, yeah. I got written up and had to go to Saturday uh, school. And, oh, wow. That. They gave you a Saturday school. Yep. First first wow. and only Saturday school. Yeah. That sucks. That's, yeah. I never got – I got a detention once, but I never got a Saturday school. Saturday school for throwing a tangerine at someone. That's funny. Yeah. And, of course, it was Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, and just going back to, like, guess the beginning of your pro baseball journey, uh, you know, after Maranatha, you get selected 14th overall by the Brewers, obviously before some adversity hits. That, that moment, that day, leading up to that day when your name was called, what was going through your mind throughout the day and then when you actually heard your name called as the 14th pick? Um, that year was kind of like, obviously I had, had diabetes and didn't know, so that whole year was like some games I'd be like, 92 to 97 and other games I'd be 88 to 92 and really had no explanation to anyone for why it was like why I was had that much of like a a fluctuation in my pitching but uh, so I remember talking to the Cleveland Indians a lot early on in my in uh, my senior year I think they had the fifth pick overall so Early on, I was like, okay, Cleveland Indians, fifth pick overall, that's awesome. And then, you know, as my senior year went on, and I still had a really good year and everything, and uh, um, but just that the velocity fluctuation kind of scared some teams away, you know. And then uh, I remember the last game of my high school career, the Brewers were there. It was, uh, I don't know if it was 
quarterfinals or semifinals or something like that. Um, but I was thrown like 88 to 90. Gave up a home run, which I think I had never done in high school. Um, and I was just like deflated, you know, just lost the game. Um, ended our career on one of the worst games I had pitched, you know. And uh, so I went out to dinner with the Brewers afterwards, and they were just, you know, I wasn't really like, this is the only time in my head they had seen me, you know, I didn't know that they were going to pick me, but um, on draft day, it comes around, they pick me, and, you know, I was super happy, didn't even, I wasn't even sure if I was going to go first round, you know, I had like a draft party at uh, one of my friend's houses, there was a ton of people there, and I was like, shoot, man! I like. <laughs> I, I, I hope I hope I get picked because this is gonna be like embarrassing, you know, if yeah. I don't. Um, but they ended up picking me, and then you know, long story short, I ended up not signing just because of the whole. Yeah. Yeah. The and whole. Just, and just going on to that, you know, obviously being drafted for the 14th overall is a huge thing, but you made a huge decision to stay in Southern California and deal with, as he said, you know, your diagnosis of having diabetes. Can you talk yep. a little bit about that? Like your first year at San Diego, how you obviously had to put back on a lot of weight and kind of get in shape and get your body ready to deal with it. Yeah. It's, it's a big task. Yeah. Well, so my senior year, in between my junior and senior year, I'd lost about 35 to 40 pounds. Um, my junior year, I was like, I was a little pudgy, like maybe like 220 or so, like something like that. And so my senior, at the end of my senior year, I was weighed in at like 185. So I lost 35, 40 pounds in however long that is, I don't know, six, yeah. six seven, eight months. Um, so I lost all that weight. Yeah. Um, and then went to USD and I put the weight back on really fast, but you can't put muscle on back that, that, yeah. that fast. So it was, I put bad weight on. Um, and then just kind of like scuffled my freshman year, had some injuries, just wasn't healthy, you know, my body wasn't ready to, my body wasn't ready for that. So um, I ended up throwing like 30 innings maybe, 30, 40 innings my freshman year, and um, probably looking back, I probably should have redshirted just to get everything under control because, you know, being undiagnosed for a year and then kind of, I wanted to ask you about that actually. Like, how scary was that when you first got the diagnosis? Because you, you obviously didn't know, but yeah. some of like you, you said you had been fatigued sometimes, and it all kind of made sense now. Yeah. And then obviously that led to a big decision to not sign with the Brewers and instead go to college. Just that time period once you got the blood, it was a blood test, right? Yeah, it was a blood test. Yeah, they, uh, the doctors told me they're like, hey, it's going to be like 18 months of like adjustment for you. And when I first found out I had, it, I was like. You know, I had waited all summer. The Brewers, we had a we had a figure in in mind. We knew what I was going to sign for. So when they told me, I was just kind of like, all right, yeah, yeah. You know, like whatever. Um, didn't really didn't really understand. You know, what the Brewers were investing in me. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand. You know, that's a lot of money they're about to give me. They don't want any red flags or question marks. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, there was definitely an adjustment period when I was in college. Um, like I said, should have redshirted because uh, put that weight on and it was bad weight. And then just learning, obviously, like you know, different foods react. Like when I eat them, my body you react. To yeah, them I react mm-hmm. to them differently. So I was learning, you know, maybe like 
a lot of diabetics will have Gatorade with them when they're working out or playing a game. And when I drink Gatorade, for whatever reason, it spikes my blood sugar like okay. crazy. So I had people tell me, oh, make sure you're drinking Gatorade. Make sure you're drinking Gatorade. So I'm, you know, I'm yeah. drinking Gatorade, and it's like doing the opposite of what it's supposed <laughs> to do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, the doctor was right. It took yeah. about 18 months for yeah. me to figure out what I was yeah. doing. And then at this point, you're in college. And I want to read you. Uh, we went back, actually, and yeah. dug up one of your media little social media deep dive. This is, is from this you. something I posted? This is something from you in 2011. <laughs> oh, boy. Sitting on the couch, listening to Chris Bryant try to make fart noises with his armpits. Gotta love my roommates. Oh, man. Let's let's talk about Chris Bryant a little. That, that honestly sums him up pretty, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a little kid. Yeah. So you were roommates with him, obviously. And yeah. uh, what, just what was that like? You know, Obviously, he's having success now, but yeah. back in that time at USD, uh, like, what, was, what, what are some other interesting stories you have about him and that relationship back in the day? He's a, he's an awesome dude. I mean, that he is like a little kid, you know. Uh, super mature, but super immature at the same yeah, time, you know. Um, you know, when you when you're close to him, he will show you that you know childish side yeah. he has. But you know, um, he's an awesome dude. We lived together for three years. We were like roommate roommates yeah. for one year I think our last year our uh, junior year there um, you know you knew you knew he was a stud freshman year uh-huh. you know I think he hit like 15 bombs maybe freshman year um, and then he ended up breaking the record junior year, which was 31 or something I think he Same. had like I think he had like in 75 hits maybe and 31 home runs so that's insane yeah <laughs> and so yeah what's what's he like as a roommate he is meticulous. Okay. Yes. Neat freak. Neat freak. Yeah. Neat freak. We wanted to know what uh, Chris's worst. Uh, I guess being roommates with him. What's the worst thing about being roommates? Is there any one thing you did? Did he not do the dishes? No. Fill up the Brita. He did. He literally did everything like <laughs> how you'd want it to be. He ate junk food a lot. I like that. And I don't know how he isn't like 250 pounds, but. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's eating junk food. I'm sitting. I'm like, all right, give me those Reese's. I'll have them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, he was, dude. I mean, poster child. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So moving on from the time at USD, obviously, coming up, you get drafted by the A's, and you know that's another great honor. What was that like? And, and also specifically, I just wanted to know, did you talk to Billy Bean much? And, and what was he like? In the I think he's someone in baseball. I'll let him yeah. Know. Okay. Um, so I get drafted by the A's in 2013. I actually played travel ball for a coach who was the scout for the A's. So coach that I played for knew me really well. Um, and I remember him texting me on draft day. be like, hey, we got you. Don't worry. And I remember the third third round passing, and I'm like, dude, I'm over this. Yeah. Like, I'm over this. I was like, I'm a first rounder. You know, obviously my college career didn't go – how I envisioned it to go, um, but you know, I I remember being at, I was at my friend's the Graves house and uh, I was watching it on the computer and third round passes and I'm like, all right, whatever. I call my dad. I'm like, hey, let's go get lunch. I'm I'm kind of over this. <laughs> Walk out of the house and we're driving to Connell's, uh, and he 
the scout calls me and says, hey, I told you we got you. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, we just picked you for fourth round. I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was it was a relief. And then I didn't get to talk to Billy Bean that much. He would talk to the organization. Like, you know, I never had any one. the tradition of secrecy is. Kind of like the movie portrayal. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm not gonna watch the games. I'm gonna work out. You know, not yeah. sort of that thing, but like. Right. He's, he's. Uh, from what I got from it, he's involved. Um, involved with the front office, you know, obviously, and not so much with players and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, he was. Just, I mean, a lot of people know in baseball that the A's are like a just a really 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 relaxed organization and I mean he would show up to the facility in like cargo shorts and flip-flops and I mean that is just it's just who he was I mean you you wouldn't be caught dead here doing yeah. that, you know. Working your way up through the A's organization, I think you played with a lot of guys that are from Southern California, Southern California you know, like Ryan Healy, mm-hmm. Matt Chapman, mm-hmm. um, and even played a little bit with A.J. Uh, Griffin, right? A.J. went to USD, right? Yeah, and he... Like, very briefly, it was probably down while you were in Myers, right? We missed each other at uh, USD, yeah. So we missed each other. He was drafted in 2010 when I was drafted, and then I went to school in 2011. Um, but yeah, we obviously we had that USD like connection, and uh, he was with the A's. And when he he made a couple rehab start or rehab appearance, yeah. So um, you know he we know each other, and you know we have that USD bond. Um, Ryan Healy played with him, good dude. Uh, Matt Chapman, we were roommates in uh, Stockton. Uh, he's a good dude, best defensive third baseman I've ever seen in my life really? yeah I mean if the he's got power I mean strikeouts might he might strike out a lot but he's gonna save some games at third and so. Stockton's a weird place to play so like, I played a, a conference tournament there when okay. I was in college and, uh, okay. where'd you go to college Chico State okay yeah so I played D2 okay just remember that giant left field wall in that portion right field yeah, that it's porch. Not the best pitchers party. We had more in <laughs> that tournament than we had like the three. Yeah, that that whole league was like a very hitter friendly league. Uh, yeah, it's like three fifteen down the line and right, and then it like bubbles out into right center, yeah. and it's like anything in the air, you're just like. So on the White Sox, I would say I'm, I'm just like, who clowns the most in the dugout or in the clubhouse? Holland. Huh? Yep. I can. I mean, you got to, right? Yeah. Just got the history of yeah. the mustache. Is he like? Yeah. I think you know the fans obviously all love him, but he's just as funny, you know, there walking the mustache, doing his thing. Yeah. He doesn't. I don't think he's rocking the mustache yeah, anymore. Yeah. He's this year, but traditionally, yeah. You know, it's hard to <laughs> yeah. imagine his face without it. Yeah. No. He's he's definitely like a clown. Um, Pelfrey. He's a clown. <laughs> he's a clown. Uh, I mean, this. A lot of guys on this team. Shieldsy. He's a clown. He's. <laughs> You know, I mean, he's a he's a veteran clown, so he's yeah. got you they know. Got the, yeah, they, <laughs> they know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Maddox type clown. You know, yeah. What about John McCutt? What's he like as a guy? You know, I only got to play with him in spring training a little bit, and uh, did you know? I've been here for two days, so I <laughs> yeah. haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't really um, got to know him super well. Um, obviously, a stud. You know. Yeah. Um, I remember watching a game when I was in Arizona on rehab and he made two plays up the middle back on back-to-back plays that were just like 
like <laughs> Robinson Cano going, you know, yeah, just yeah. like fielded the ball on the other side of second base and. And it's almost like the Braves are throwing under like that. It's like yeah. they know what they're kid, they're tailing off. It's kind of like when yeah. Steph Curry turns around shooting three. Yeah. It's like they toss that ball behind the bag and it's like, yeah, I got you. Buddy. Yeah. And, and for you this year, obviously you made your debut back in April, which is a dream come true for you, I'm sure. Uh, just stepping on that mound, I think it was at Target Field. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, uh, it was like you were rained out a week or something and you had to wait a week yeah. for that. But yeah. finally stepping on that mound and throwing those pitches, just what was going through your mind and uh, your parents, I'm assuming, came out and family came out. Just yeah. take me through that. Um. Yeah, so got my first start got uh, rained out. So I was the fifth spot in the rotation because Carlos had uh, some like bicep tendonitis or something like that. So I was filling in for him. Um, first start gets rained out, and then there's an off day in there somewhere. So they have the ability to skip my start uh, without anyone going on short rest. So obviously, being a rule five, being a rookie, you know, they're gonna do that being early on in the season so they flew me back to Arizona I threw six innings in Arizona just to get my work in and they flew me back so we go to Minnesota and they're like all right you're starting this game um, and then that game gets delayed for like an hour yeah so I'm sitting in the locker room just like man, <laughs> this is like you know this is my first start I'm nervous um, I'm anxious and then, you know, throwing the bullpen before the game, I'm just, like, trying to, like, hit the glove, you know, yeah. just trying not to make a fool of myself. And then I, once I faced the first hitter, and I think he got a base hit, but uh, <laughs> uh, once I kind of, like, just threw a few pitches off the mound and kind of, like, felt what the atmosphere was like, it was just, like, another game. And, settled in. Yeah, settled in. I pitched pretty well for a for a debut I went like five and a third or five and five and a third I think one run and yeah I got the no decision but I got you know I got a a beer shower afterwards and uh, as yeah. it happens yeah. was it was it kind of comforting to know that you know I know like Denny Beckwith and Christian were there and Kenny yeah. was there was it kind of comforting to know they were up there in stands yeah that was cool because um, that morning Danny and Christian had been texting me, be like, hey, man, are you like, is this game going to happen? I'm like, dude, I don't know. And they're like, all right, well, we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're coming, and if, it, if you pitch, great. If you don't, whatever. And so that was really cool that, you know, they were there. So it was Kimmy, Danny, Christian, my dad, and then Kimmy's dad. Um, they were all there. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was super cool. Super cool, and I pitched well. So yeah. that made it even better. And, and besides just uh, your first game and everything like that, has, has there, were there any other moments like kind of like your welcome to the majors moment or a hitter you faced or a stadium you were at where it's like, all right, this is pretty cool? Um, first game facing Joe Maurer was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think he got a hit off I me. Mean, I might have walked him. I don't think I did, but <laughs> I, he, I think he was like over one, over two off me or something like that. The so highest hitting cool. average catcher of all time. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I face pitching in New York was cool. I got shelled, but uh, that was that was really cool. Pitching it uh, against Baltimore's lineup, they got some some big names: Machado, Chris Davis, yeah. uh, Trumbo. Facing those guys was cool. Uh, I think my welcome to the big leagues moment was probably when I pitched against the Padres in Chicago. I 
I didn't get a quality start or anything like that, but I think I struck out nine and four and two thirds or four and a third. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. That's the most I've struck out, I think, in my career. And I don't know what happened, but uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, One of the ways that I know that you've made it though um, is, so I don't know if you've ever looked yourself up on Google, but um, I just, earlier today, it was the first time I'd seen it. I looked you up on Google. First thing is obviously your name. The second thing is Dylan Covey wife. So I think that knows and that's a good sign that you've made it because everybody's looking up Kimmy. Okay. You know, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, Kimmy also went to our high school for everybody listening. Yeah. Kimmy's a great person. We love Kimmy. One yeah. of my favorite Kimmy memories is uh, soccer. She played soccer. Um, we were all there. I think it was a playoff game too and some girl comes in like hits her and, and accidentally ripped her belly button piercing out. Ooh. And so she has blood all over her jersey. Comes out for a little bit. Comes back in less than two minutes after she comes back in. Finds her Later out, <laughs> later out. It was amazing, and that, that was one of the things I was yeah. like on the soccer games because Kimmy was always she was aggressive. she was She's ruthless, great. man. She was ruthless, that's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, she. Uh, we started dating kind of the, towards the tail end of our high school, you know, yeah. career or whatever. So she's all she always gets upset that I never re- really, really got to see her play soccer. Yeah. And I always tell her, I'm like, look, I got to see you play. I know, look, I know what kind of player you were. You don't need to, you don't need to tell me. But yeah, she, yeah, she's a competitor. That's for sure. What is that like though, knowing that all these people, after they look for you, they're looking for Kimmy on Google? Honestly, I, I don't know. I mean, I've done that before. Be like, yeah, yeah. hey, who's, who's, yeah, who's this guy? Who's, who's his wife? But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. I guess that's pretty cool. I, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've that's never. A, that's a star power. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like a star by any means, but I guess being just in this environment on a major league team is yeah. just kind of what what comes with it. So that's cool. Though. Talking about how competitive uh, you and Dwight are, uh, we're looking to do some more social, social media as well. And I, man, I gotta go through and delete some things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, got, I mean, you don't have a ton of things on there. So I think you're okay. gonna go. Yeah. It's more going through the old Twitter. There's about four or five tweets about Kobe. Oh and yeah. We tell, that's a big discussion for us on the podcast. Obviously, yeah. Kobe, Brian, LA things. So favorite, favorite is, athlete is of all time. Way, favorite athlete of all time. That's yep. great. Is there a way you bring the Mamba mentality to the mound anyway? Um. You know, I try to. Uh, when I'm out there, though, it's almost like I'm not even thinking. It's almost like. I see the number that goes down, and I'm like, okay. Um, you know, obviously, you need to have that kind of ruthless, you know, um, that killer instinct mentality, especially in baseball, because if you're passive at all in baseball, it ju- you just can't do it. Yeah. You just, you know, the game moves way too fast, and there's way too many dudes on every team that are going to jump on you if you are passive at all. So. I love his mentality. Uh, my current favorite athlete is Derek Carr, and his favorite athlete is Kobe Bryant. There it is. So, um, uh, Derek Carr just uh, unveiled a new page where he's going to be doing some music yesterday. As well. I, I saw that, but I think it was—I think it might have been a little bit of a hoax. So I think someone came out today and said it was actually Kobe, fake. Kobe's got a rap song. You don't think Derek Carr's going to hop on board there? <laughs> I don't know. He could battle Marshawn. He has the Shaq, Kobe, oh, Marshawn, yeah. Derek Carr. Man, another important question. Uh, you mentioned. You know, back in the day when we were roommates with Chris Bryant, he would eat a lot of junk food. Well, we on the podcast, we have a segment called the Fast Food Flavor. Okay. So we're just wondering, do you have a favorite fast food restaurant or a fast food? In and out doesn't count because it's yeah, obviously okay. the best thing in the world. And no okay. one ever I'm touches sure, it. I'm sure you guys have heard of this because you're from the area. 
Doghouse. Doghouse is incredible. Yeah. Yes, they are. They're uh, Little Mule. Okay. And uh, Freiburg are my yeah. like. Yeah. You know, I obviously I don't live here anymore, and uh, I live in San Diego, and they just started. They put one out there. I think they have one out there now. But anytime I'm up here, I try to go there because it is like, oh, it is so good. You bring up San Diego cuisine, you know. You got to bring up baked bear. You bake, you know, baked bear. Yep, baked bear. They started. That's... They just put one out in here in La Cunada. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, we got baked, baked bear, bear out here now too. That's right next to uh, my favorite surf spot in San Diego. So. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, I don't know what it's called, but yeah. it's right by. You should have a name. Pacific. Pacific. Yeah. You can't put the fire yeah. surf spot yeah. on blast yeah. like that. PB Pier. I don't know. I thought you know surfers like to like this. They may have a name for the spots. They know, but you know it's all right. It's just a good spot for surfing that that works just as fine. We call it. I don't know. There's a bar on the corner. I forget what it's called. Duck Dive. I think that's the name of the bar. Okay. So you just call it Duck Dive. Go to Duck Dive. Yeah. yeah. That works. Sweet. Yeah. We'll have to learn how to surf. <laughs> yeah, the next thing. Yeah. First thing, learn how to surf. Next thing, get out there. Boogie boarders, you know. Hey, I love boogie boarding. Body surfing, yeah. As long as I'm in the water, I'm having a good time. So. Yeah. And so are you living in San Diego in the off season now? Yeah, we have a spot in San Diego. We're just renting. Um, yeah. We got a little spot in Point Loma. That's an awesome area. Um, we don't really, we're going to live there this off season again. And then we're kind of, once our lease ends, we're going to pack up all our stuff and kind of just wing it yeah. because we're paying rent right now in San Diego. And in since Chicago. I was a real five, yeah. we renewed my lease in like November and then I got picked in December. Yeah. So yeah, it sucks paying two, two rents. So we're going to try to just. I feel like I feel like San Diego is a pretty good off-season spot. You know, you, Chicago in December. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right now we're getting the best <laughs> of both worlds. We've yeah. Got Chicago in the summer, which is like, I've never been to Chicago before this year, so it is like unbelievable. It is yeah. awesome. And then uh, obviously San Diego in the winter is like it's like this all the time. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, you can't really you can't really beat the the two places I got going right now. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, uh, we don't want to keep you too long. Uh, we really appreciate the time, unless uh, you guys have any other. Hang on, yeah, thanks yeah. so much for being with us. Yeah, no problem. Us, uh, it's always great. You know, we always kind of forget that so many pro athletes are just our age, and I think I kind of remind that today, just talking to you, it's like just a bunch of dudes hanging out, especially baseball players. Especially on this team too, yeah. man. This yeah. is a young, you young we team. We guys playing some frisbee out there, mm-hmm. and you know, having fun. Yeah, I got to imagine. Oh yeah, that was one question we had actually. What's it like to be on such a young team, you know, and being on a team that maybe not has a record? displays the talent but especially yeah. a team that's built for the future um it's it's really cool being a part of it you know this the youth movement that's going on um you know when i was with the team earlier in the year they still had some veterans you know some guys that have been traded away and mm-hmm. stuff like that but uh when i came back just the other day i was like man i'm like i'm one of like the older dudes <laughs> on the team right now and i'm 26 wild. so I mean, obviously, you still have our veterans, like Shieldsy and um, Holland's a veteran, Pelfrey, but, I mean, overall, this team is really, really young, so um, I don't know, you know, fans like to see, uh, they like to see results right away, you know, but what they're doing right now and what, you know, the front office has going on is really 
I think it's going to pay dividends in a couple of years. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, again, you know, we really appreciate it. We've been circling this date on the calendar when the White Sox came to LA, and we were tracking your rehab. We weren't sure if you are going to do with the team yeah. and everything. Yeah. And it, really, it was really like a buzzer-beating kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no yeah man. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thanks, you, man. man. Mm, that's a wrap. <laughs> Casino, I just got back.